Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thank you, Sunshine. Uh, Larry's in today for Sunshine. And, um, you know, we're going to sink our attention right back into the NFL when Brian Baldinger uh, talks to us uh, at 415 it's because you're here, because you and I used to, you know, spend some time in our lives uh, talking before and after San Francisco Giants games. Do you think they're going to get Aaron Judge? Yes or no? No. No. I don't. Because the Giants are, Giants fans, you know, makes too much sense. But to me, you take Aaron Judge, put him in the Farhan Zaidi machine, and it comes out as an overpay for Brandon Nemo or Mitch Hanniger. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I think that... I'll, I'll say this. What Yankee ever left New York in his prime? That's, right. So I can't think of one. There, right. So we had Sweeney Murdy. Reggie, but, WFAN, was, but, right, but Reggie was 35, wasn't he? Or, right, those are weird times, too. And there was a lot of contention between him, the club, Steinbrenner. It was weird. Gene Autry had an open checkbook back then with the Angels. Said, come on, come to Southern Cal. But he was, I think he was 33, 34, 35, something like that. Nobody's ever left that I can think of, unless you, well, unless um, you can think of somebody. Robinson Cano. Robinson Cano left the Yankees and took... A mega deal up in Seattle, which basically parked Seattle's contention in you know a garage that no one else pulled into for about a decade there, right? Okay, I mean, that's like, a good one actually. That, I that, forgot that, about Robbie Cano. That was it, though. That's really it. So Sweeney Murdy, who has been covering the Yankees forever for WFAN, joined me and Alan Styles yesterday, and we uh, we asked him about Aaron Judge leaving the Yankees, you know, because, you know, I, I set it up with this, like everyone covering the Golden State Warriors in Kevin Durant's last year knew that Kevin Durant was leaving. So maybe this guy knows one way or the other. Do you know in your heart of hearts, what's your gut telling you about Aaron Judge leaving? And here's what Sweeney Murdy said. I'm going to be surprised. I am always surprised. And, and it's not even, it's more so because Judge is a Yankee. But if he was on some other team, and the Yankees had a glaring need, and it was kind of like, okay, he's going to be a Yankee. Until I saw him holding up another team's jersey and wearing another team's cap in front of a podium, I'm always going to believe he's a Yankee. So that's kind of my feeling with Judge. They are They have been dug in together for nine years since he was drafted here. The Yankees currently have the money to pay him if they choose. He knows what it's about here. I'd be shocked if he left. And look, if he doesn't leave, if he stays in pinstripes, 
I don't think as a Giant fan you can get angry at the Giants' inability to land him. And it's the New York Yankees. It all depends on the bid. The Giants have to be the high bidder. They have to be the high bidder. Why? Because they're filthy rich. Their team's lousy. Their team's boring. They need this player. Their fan base needs this player. They have to be the high bidder. They're minting money. Here's all the they have is money. If Aaron Judge isn't a San Francisco Giant, they then have the $400 million that they didn't spend on Aaron Judge to go get a pretty decent handful of guys. And they want, whatever the outcome is, I want them spending $400 million this offseason. Whatever the outcome is. I don't care if that is Aaron Judge. I don't care if that's Correa, Turner. I don't care if that's Chris Bassett. I don't care if that's Carlos Rodon is back. You need to spend the money on either Aaron Judge and then let Farhan tinker all around him. Or you actually go out and you get a Brandon Nemo. You get a two, three, four guys that might not have the star power, but absolutely give you a lineup that performs better than last year's. $400 million, $450 million, half a billion dollars worth of contracts need to be handed out this offseason for the Giants to not look like a Little League team. Um. The problem the Giants have is not the money. The problem that they have is that they can't convince Judge or his representative that he's not going to break Barry Bonds' single-season uh, intentional walk record. They're going in this lineup. He's going to be walked constantly. So, I, you know, I really expected the Giants to jump in by now for somebody or multiple somebodies that would tell Aaron Judge, hey man, we are in this thing to win it. I don't know that he's going to just trust that you're going to go surround him. And would you? I mean, would you, based on Pablo Papirski and this parade of, of minor leaguers that Farhan is specializing in, I'm not taking his word for it that he's going to put together a big-time, entertaining major league lineup and and protect Judge. If I was Judge's rep, I'd say go sign a couple guys and and then come come knock on my door. But don't knock on my door and then ask me to have faith in you when you haven't done anything. What's Farhan's greatest move? It feels like, uh, well, that's an, that's another topic. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's another. Topic. And it's not an easy answer. Um, it feels like though it's being positioned. The other way around. You're saying, you know, don't put the cart before the horse. It sounds like Aaron Judge is saying through, you know, whatever John Morosi representative he's picking up his news from, that Aaron Judge wants this deal done. He wants it done quickly. So when the winter meetings begin, that's when you go shopping for the other ingredients that the Giants are going to need. So I hear what you're saying. If you're Aaron Judge, is an indication, Damon, I think. That, that he, he would be coming come. here. Yeah. Right, because the Yankees don't need that. They don't need to be rebuilt. The Dodgers don't need to be rebuilt. Those are the only other teams that have even been connected to him. I mean, I'll tell you, the, if he goes to the Dodgers or Padres, that's a kick in the gut. And and he can't for, go to that's the Farhan, that, I mean, the, the people will storm the offices. Right. right. I mean, there it, are there are there's only two teams that Aaron Judge can end up on where Giants fans can feel okay about it. The first is the San Francisco Giants. The second is the New York Yankees. If there is a third contender, especially, like you said, a division rival that ends up with Aaron Judge, they deserve to draw 12000 a night. 
they deserve well, that. And, and Farhan ought to just resign at that point. He ought to just say, you know what? I was brought here with clear uh, goals. We didn't get them done. Uh, I'm leaving. I mean, seriously, you can't get the the giant fan base, which is immense, hot and bothered for Trevor Story and Seiya Suzuki and deliver Pad- Padlo and Papirski. You cannot get them then reignited for Soto and Otani and get J.D. Davis and then do it a third time, talking big, we can sign anybody. Nobody is outside of our of our. Right, they've never budget. really talked like this before, too, in an offseason. Like, they've really... They've created an expectation. They have. And I don't think Mitch Haniger is going to be okay. Are you would you say they were they were down in attendance last year? What was 800,000 off of the last previous pre-pandemic year. And I know that you were, were And they tun- won 107 games. Right. I know you were tuning in a little bit uh on, on the way back from Santa Clara yesterday. I was I was yeah. talking to Alan about this and look, I don't want to open the debate again because there really is nothing to debate. Football is king. Uh, as great as the Warriors have been, as important as they feel because they're winning championships, the Niners are a bigger entity. The Niners, when they're winning, are the biggest thing in the Bay Area in sports. There is no debating it. It's just, There's no debate there. The real debate is... It's not even Niners. It's NFL, really. Right, right. It's not, an, it's not a Niner-Warrior debate as much as it's NFL. Football is king. Right, That's right. that. That is that, whether you want... Maybe it might not be king in your household, but in your house's neighborhood, football is king. Um, Thursday night football with anybody beats baseball playoffs in the fall. By the way, you know who likes Thursday night football the least? Al Michaels. Are you listening to these broadcasts? I think Kirk Street's a tire fire. I love Kirk Street on college football. He's, He's terrible. He's awful been bad. He's on been the bad. NFL. He's got it, no chemistry with Al. He's got no chemistry with Al. He Al Al you know Al's, Al said never sounded better. He's carrying him, but he's got no insights. Kirk Kirk Street's got incredible insights on Buckeye backup quarterbacks and Michigan running backs and you you know right it, it, nothing the, at all. The only to say time about pro players. The only time Herb Street shines is if he's talking about a rookie. Right. Because he, he knows he has a lot his... to say about Brock Purdy. Right, right. When the Niners were on Thursday night. Anyway. Um, and I like Herb Street. As a, I met him. And you worked with him before, right? In Columbus? Uh, yeah, for about five minutes. Didn't go well. <laughs> but I mean, he, I, I think he's a talented guy, but yeah. he is miscast as this NFL, you know, right. color analyst. It's terrible. Um, Al Michaels sounds like he knows he's got the worst game of the week. Is he, like he sounds like a guy who knows I took the money, but boy, did I give up good games for that. And he, I think he also knows that I'm not talking to half the audience that I used to because this is this is we're over here on. I mean, I I've never I watched, watched it on the computer last night. Okay, I've never watched less Thursday night football since Thursday night football has been an event because I don't know why it's just a button away, but I'm still because I, the matchups are so poor that that. That minimal effort that is that it requires is even too much. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, I need a flip back, and now I got to get out of my app and go back to cable, and that's three buttons now. And I'm not pushing three buttons for anyone, Larry. Anyways, um, football is number one. The Warriors have risen unexpectedly to the single, you know, second most flirting with being the most important team here in the Bay Area, and the Giants are definitively losing market share definitively baseball is less important than it's ever been giants baseball is about to become less important than it's less important than it's ever been a's baseball 
has what, never what been is, less important than it is right now. What is this that is how those I've, things work. What is, what is this A's baseball you speak of? I'm just exactly, but that, that I mean that breaks my heart to say that. I mean I like having both teams in the market. I wish it was working, but if you ain't trying to win, the Bay Area is officially going to plop its attention down somewhere else with teams that are either trying to win or just winning. And right now the Warriors. And the 49ers are trying to win and winning. And the Giants and their star are, power. And the Giants are totally irrelevant right now. Right now. Um and that is partly because of baseball, partly because they have no have they had a team this year that I mean, who was the big face outside the outside the stadium? It wasn't it was a player, it was a cat it was Kapler. A manager who's been 500 for five years and he's got one monster season in 2021, and every other year he's 500. He's the face of the franchise. I mean, that's bad. It is. I'll say this: I've been a Giants fan my whole life. Grew up. There was Willie McCovey. Then there was Jack Clark. Then there was Chili Davis. Then there was Will Clark, Kevin Mitchell, Matt Williams. Then there was Barry Bond. They've never been starless. They're starless right now. They're starless. They are. They are, and that's that's not being angry. It's being real. That's being real. I mean, look at how dwarfed you are by two teams in your own division. Dwarfed in star power by the Dodgers and the Padres. If Steph Curry's on one corner and the most popular Niner, let's say Jimmy Garoppolo's on another corner, and the Giants wanted to compete on that same block and put somebody on the corner... Who would it even be? Look, if Brandon Crawford... Crawford? If Brandon Crawford got a haircut and shaved, you'd never recognize him. Ever. Maybe Brandon Belt, only because we've been staring at him for that long, we would recognize him. The rest of them are nameless, faceless entities. It, I'll tell you, if if Yastrzemski's rocking that total porn stash, maybe. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Brandon Belt might need security if he was standing on one of those corners. Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game with Larry filling in. We've got Brian Baldinger joining us next. And then some sound that is exclusive. 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 I know you went down to uh, 49ers uh, headquarters yesterday. You had a yeah. little conversation with Aaron Banks. It was good. We're going to hear a little bit of that. we got much more coming up for you, uh, including just guaranteed winners that is fading the public on a Friday. We'll do that in our final segment. But Brian Baldinger is around the corner here on 95.7 The Game. We're brought to you by Pfizer. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Well, the merch store is live. You can visit 957thegameshop.com. We are live with the one and only Brian Baldinger, who's nice enough to stop on by this afternoon. Uh, Larry Kruger in for Ray Ratto today. Baldy, thank you for joining us. Where do your travels bring you this weekend, my friend? Oh, no. Do we have Brian? One, two, three, four, go. Four three two one go. One two three four go. Four three two one go. Bueller, Bueller, hut hut hike. <laughs> check check one two three. Black forty nine razor. Black forty nine razor. We'll figure it out. Brian Baldinger will be joining us <laughs> here in just a minute. I'm not giving him a second flowery introduction though. We're just no. gonna go straight to the meat and potatoes. Just get start with the question. When when Baldy does uh, end up joining us, Did here. you watch uh, any Pat's Bills last night? Do you see Mac Jones Just yelling at the very uh, little Matt Patricia? Yeah, he's like, "Your running game effing sucks." So, di- oh, did we get the FBI lip readers to officially figure out that that's oh, what he was saying? Because I, no s- doubt. I, so that's what I thought I saw. I saw it on Twitter because I wasn't tuned in at that particular time in the game, but I did right. see it, you know, rolling on my Twitter timeline. And look, it's the Patriots are. Uh, you want to talk about falling into the same trap? that the San Francisco Giants are in a little bit. Like, not only do you lack star power, but you're a little bit boring. Oh, they're That's sleepy. Yeah. They're really sleepy. Yeah. And why Why is Matt Patricia calling offensive plays when he is a failed defensive coach? I don't... It's... it's hey, I mean, it's, it's... He didn't mystery. want... He, the, Bill Belichick didn't want to give out official titles to anybody, and no one has come to claim them either. So right. uh, our official title of love and talking to Brian Baldinger never changes... How are you, Brian? Hey, David. I'm doing good, buddy. It's good to hear your voice, man. Thank, thank you so much for joining us. We got Larry Kruger in for Ray Hello, today. Hey, what's doing? going on? Uh, where, where, uh, where, where does Brian Baldinger's super cooler than ours live take him this week? Uh, well, I'll be uh, I'm I'm in Fort Lauderdale right now, but I'll be in uh, Philadelphia, South Philadelphia, for Tennessee and the Eagles come Sunday, leaving tomorrow. So uh, just getting some prep done here today, doing some stuff. 
kind of a sexy and, game, uh, and we'll we'll yeah. get into that. That's a, that's a big one. There's there's a lot riding on that one, considering, yeah. you know, the Vikings are coming on too. We could have yeah. two ten and two football teams if things break yeah. a certain way. But before we get to all that, Brian, obviously, uh, one of the best matchups of the weekend is going to happen at Levi Stadium. And just okay. in terms of styles making fights, we got team offense against team defense, and we have two coaches that are so familiar with each other. I was blown away to find out that the Mike McDaniel-Kyle Shanahan relationship stretches back 14 oh, yeah. years. So, I mean, there's 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 no element of football these two guys haven't discussed thoroughly. And, no, Damon, and, and not only that. I mean, he, like Mike goes all the way back to Mike Shanahan in Denver, you know, kind of where he started this whole process. And then he followed Kyle around, you know, Cleveland, Atlanta, I mean, all the stops. But uh, they were basically inseparable, too. I mean, they were both part of this quarterback collective club that a buddy of mine runs, and they were helping, you know, with development of young quarterbacks. I mean, they, they've kind of seen the football, all of football, at every level, high school, college, pro, all through the same lens. And so there was a period, literally, when Mike was being contacted, or offensive coordinator, all these different positions, and Kyle wouldn't let him leave. I mean, they just paid him and kept him and you know he knew how valuable he was just you know how bright he was his insight and just the the, the volume of hours that mike would just spend in the film room by himself some days just studying the opponents studying free agent running backs raheem Mostert. i mean guys that he really helped bring to san francisco now has in miami so i mean they are they are very very connected and you know Mike said all the right things this week. It's not about me. It's about my team. I don't want it to be about. They say all those things, but still, there's Kyle on the other side where they walked in the same building, you know, for all these years together. You know, this is going to be such an interesting matchup. The Niners are so good in the middle of the field with Fred Warner on defense, and the Dolphins are living in the middle of the field, and they're doing it by using the quick game and the vertical stretch to kind of create space um, in the middle of the field, and they are just absolutely incredible um, in that part of the field right now. Who's going to win there? Is that Who wins out there, the Niners and their incredible second-level defense or the Dolphins and what they've been able to do? Well, I would say this, you know, the, the middle of the field is the most valuable real estate in a football game. And so how you, you know, how you, uh, you know, conquer that area, whether offense or defense, you know, basically determines the outcome of the game. However, the Miami, and this is not that much different with San Francisco. I mean, they're big down where they get their chunk plays on first down, where they really put you in a bind, run pass, uh, all kinds of play actions. Uh, two is really good at them. He's really good at showing the ball to the defense. So, Dre Greenlaw, Freddie Warner, you know, uh, Hafanga, like these guys, their eyes have to be right. If your eyes are wrong, then Tyreek Hill's going to go right by you or Jalen Waddle's going to go right by you. And so they know that. San Francisco knows first down, especially if two is under center. There's a very good chance it's going to be some level of play action, and they got a lot of them. So, I mean, that's the down to really pay attention to as a fan in this game. Uh, you know, who wins that first down and who gets the chunk plays on that first down probably goes a long ways to deciding the outcome of the game. Keeping on schedule is important for any offense, no doubt about it. And again, with the uh, prolific attack that the Dolphins have in the red zone, with all the success the two has had on third down, they're the best first down team, I think, in football, too. So, yeah, it's it's... It's going to be high leverage football all afternoon for the 49ers defense. When it comes to Tua taking a step forward, I mean, obviously the talent at wide receiver 
grows greatly when you add Tyreek Hill. But what are the things that are less obvious to the fan watching that has made Tua go from I don't think he can to he definitely is? Maybe it's just me, Damon, but I always look at the center on, on every team. Like, Connor Williams is a center for him. And he never played center. He was a left tackle in Texas. He's been the left guard in Dallas. Been benched in Dallas at left guard. Wasn't very good, to be honest with you. My, whatever Mike saw, he said he could be our center. The, it stabilized the whole offensive line. Now, Taron Armstead, who's going to play with a bad shoulder, I think he's going to play. Um, he's played with all kinds of injuries before, uh, and he's going to see a lot of Nick Bosa. But I think the, the number one thing is the center position has been solidified. They've run so many different guys at that position over the last five years. It's one of the reasons why the offensive line was never very good. But Connor Williams has really helped him at center. That's one thing. And then, you know, like all these other surrounding parts, guys that you're, we're, you know, you're really familiar with, you know, like Trent Sherfield, you know, um, you know, Raheem Mostert, Jeffrey Wilson. I mean, these guys really are excellent in, the, in all phases, whether it's protection, whether it's the passing game, um, understanding how to run a lot of these plays and where they got to hit. Uh, there's a reason why they traded for Jeffrey Wilson and, and went and got Raheem Mostert, you know, in uh, free agency. And those guys are really valuable to this offense. Garoppolo's playing well. No, it's 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 one of the best stretches of his career. Um, I I see two things. I see a guy who throws it away when it's not there, and I see Christian McCaffrey as a safety valve underneath. You watch the film and roll it back and forth. What are you seeing? I see all that. I, I see all that. I mean, he's he's really. I mean, he's always been. He's always had a very quick release. Even like when I first saw him uh, as a rookie in New England, I, he reminded me of Tony Romo, and he still reminds me of Romo. Um, and just his release. So he's got a snap release. Uh, he's not a guy that can do what we watched Josh Allen do last night. He can't do those things. So he kind of knows that, you know. And so he does get a little jittery, and he does feel the pressure the longer he has to hold the ball. Uh, he's good at going through the progressions, but if there's not something there, that's when you kind of worry. A lot of this happens in the red zone where he'll just he'll throw it, and you're not sure who he's throwing it to sometimes, <laughs> you know. That's the only time he gets himself in trouble. But uh, otherwise, I mean, he's got spacing. He's got targets. He's got guys. Ayuk has been awesome in the middle of the field. He's got playmakers everywhere. I think he knows that if I can just get out of my hand to one of these guys, they got a chance to break a tackle and go a long ways. Nick Bosa just named the NFC Defensive Player of the Month. And he gets to turn around and see his old pal, Eric Armstead, who is playing again this weekend. And for this to be a fully operational level defense, and we see how good they are. I mean, you need Eric Armstead on the field. They're going to get him back. And to me, the number one beneficiary of those two guys maybe being on the field together could be Drake Jackson, could be, you know, uh, Dre Greenlaw. Yeah, it feels like a very good defense is about to get a little bit better. Um, You know, not not to start comparing them to the 1985 Chicago Bears, because that's ridiculous. That is the, Mm -hmm. you know, the the yardstick of defensive excellence against which all defenses Mm -hmm. are measured by. Uh, but when you see this defense, what what stands out to you as its single greatest strength? Because just just getting to the passer, even with pressure, they, it doesn't feel like they do it all the time. I mean, they, they didn't they didn't spend all day in you know Andy Dalton's grill. They they really didn't. Um, 
they just play so well at linebacker. To you know, Talanoa Hufanga is just—I think he's going to go to the Pro Bowl this year. I don't—I don't see the weakness right now. Aziz, I, you know, Al Shahir. I mean, you know, to pick a guy. I mean, they're playing very fast, David. Uh, the one thing about Armstead this weekend, I think, is going to be interesting. You know, you know, anybody that's you know talked to Eric, you're like he's six foot eight. You know, he's a basketball player in the middle, and Tua isn't six feet. Like just his presence in the middle. And as much as the Miami likes to throw the ball over the middle, that could be a huge presence, you know. And like you'll see twist stunts where Bose is going to come up the middle. They want to they want to attack Tua right in his face. Um, he's 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 very very good at eluding pressure and throwing between the trees and all that. His footwork is awesome. But that's that could be a real deterrence. But the overall defense right now, like last week, I mean, I don't think they blitzed once, not one time. I mean, it was a front four game. The linebackers won the game. They were everywhere. They played three linebackers, and, you know, in the, it, it's, at times, Hafanga is, is a linebacker where he plays in the box. I mean, they're really good. Traverius Ward is probably their most unheralded player. He's just, he was an awesome player at Kansas City. Uh, he can play press man. He's long. He can run with the best of them. I mean, he's been a great acquisition to that defense. It's hard to find a weakness. I mean, Kansas City exposed them on a couple different plays. Uh, that's the only time that they've really been exposed all year. So uh, this is a great test, though, because this is a truly a great passing team. And what you want during the season, Damon, is you want to be tested in all phases. Good running teams, great passing teams, speed that Miami has. You want to be tested in all these areas so that when you get to the postseason, you've seen a lot of this stuff and you're prepared for it. And so this is a great test for both teams. I mean, Miami hasn't seen a defense like San Francisco. And San Francisco hasn't seen a passing offense like Miami. So it's really a good test for both teams. What do you think of the Dolphins if we flip the card in their defense? You know, they got a 34 defense and they traded for Bradley Chubb. How do they look different since they got Chubb? Is it a more menacing defense than, than prior to the deadline? Well, I think they played a lot of zero coverage last year, Larry. And it was like, you know, feast or famine. And look, there were a lot of people that couldn't crack the code. The Baltimore Ravens couldn't crack the code on third down. And so they don't do as much as that this year. I mean, they feel very comfortable with Jalen Phillips, you know, with Wilkins, uh, Christian Wilkins, and with Bradley Chubb. I mean, those are three, you know, first-round draft picks, high-draft first-round draft picks, the three of them. Not to mention, you know, Roquan uh, Davis and some of the other guys up front. I mean, they've got a, a really good front. Now, they've been playing without probably their second-best corner all year. Uh, and so, you know, they got uh, a bunch of other guys that are playing there, but they have played a lot of press coverage, uh, and they'll make their, their receivers really work to get off the press and make the quarterback and the receiver beat them, you know, with good timing. But they're led by the front right now. I mean, Chubb is a really good player. He's a big defensive end. You don't see guys that size, 6'5", 280 pounds, very much anymore. And Jalen Phillips, the guy that – uh, he's just extremely athletic. He's long. He's six foot five. He's got long arms. He's very, you know, he could bend. I mean, he's just, and Wilkins is just a, you know, a dominant player on the interior, number 94, that is a handful for anybody to deal with. Brian Boldinger here on 95 7, the game, bouncing around to a couple of other games this weekend. I'm, I'm going to ask you two questions in one here including the game that you're going to be calling, Titans and the Eagles. Which 7-4 and four AFC team has the chance to make the bigger statement? The Bengals beating the Chiefs or the Titans walking into Philadelphia and handing the Eagles their second loss of the year? I think the Titans have a chance 
to do it. Um, Kansas City certainly has a chance. I mean, they match up really well with Kansas with Cincinnati. Uh, they're very familiar with each other. But I think Tennessee, they're coming off a terrible game against Cincinnati where Derrick Henry never got going. Uh, he was held to 38 yards, you know, on 18 carries. I mean, it was dreadful. Uh, I think they're going to get a couple guys back in the offensive line. It's a challenge for Philadelphia. Maybe they get Jordan Davis back in the middle. He makes a difference for him. But I think Tennessee, because of their style, uh, you mentioned styles make fights. Because of their style, the more Derrick Henry runs, the better the whole team gets. The defense plays better. Uh, they don't give as many uh, big plays. The defensive line dominates typically. Uh, they kind of choke you to death. And so, to me, but, but they can do it. They, they have the style that can take the air out of the ball and get the Philly fans sitting on their hands waiting for something to happen. Um, I'm excited about the game because it's a tough matchup for Philadelphia. We saw Washington beat them two weeks ago. They ran the ball very well. Brian Robinson had a good game. But this is a much bigger back and a guy that's much more menacing, and they're very committed to it. As long as the game doesn't get away from Tennessee, if it's within 10 points, they'll just keep running Derrick Henry. And the more he runs, the better he gets. Eagles greet you with the red carpet treatment? <laughs> uh, I'll be treated well. I'll be treated nice. well, Damon. Good. <laughs> um, I'll see a lot of familiar faces there. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I work out with a lot of guys on the team. You know, I'll see Lane Johnson and Sayamalo and Kelsey and the quarterback, uh, Jalen Hurts, is a frequent guy over at the barn. So I'll see a lot of familiar faces. They'll be good. Is Hurts struggling against the zone? From what you when you watch their offense the last few weeks, and I, I bring it up because there's been a couple times where he's not even passing for 200 yards, and he seems like he looks a little befuddled by the 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 various zones he's getting thrown. I honestly, Damon, don't think he gets befuddled by anything. They ran for 363 yards last year, last week. I mean, it's a number that you never see in the NFL. 49 rushes, 363 yards. I mean, they ran the same <laughs> they ran the same play basically 10 times. And Green Bay was helpless to stop it. It was a pathetic performance by Green Bay. But, you know, if you run for 363, you're not going to throw for a lot of yards. You're just not. And so when they get the running game cranked up, um, you know, they, they don't have to throw it very much. And so, look, they, you know, they, they've had some injuries. Obviously, they lost the tight end, Dallas Goddard, which was a big loss. But, you know, this Quez Watkins, their number three or four wide receiver, this guy is a player. You go to touchdown pass in each of the last two games. Um, A.J. Brown is as good as anybody in this business. I'm sure he wants to put up a good game against his former team, but let him walk. There's a little bit of bitterness there about how things went down. Uh, nobody told him he was getting traded until he got traded. So I'm sure he's, uh, he's anxious to, to let Tennessee know what uh, they no longer have. So Deshaun Watson is going to play football this Sunday for the first time in a long time. Just ironically, the game is in Houston. And, um, you know, it's, I mean, we we all know how we got here. So I just want to ask you a football question, even though I'm going to criticize him for saying he only wants football questions. It's all I'm going to ask you about. Uh, What are you expecting out of a player who we all know that before he ran into, you know, his controversies was a hell of a quarterback. How long do you think him it will take for him to become a hell of a quarterback again? I think it's going to be a while. I mean, look, David, he, you know, he, he threw for more yards than anybody, 4,800 yards last time he played. They won three games. I mean, they were a bad team with a great quarterback. So that's one thing. Jacoby Brissett has played great. I mean, that game last weekend's Tampa, the touchdown 
to Njoku to tie the game up, the throws in overtime. I mean, he built great timing with Amari Cooper, Njoku, you know, uh, Peoples-Jones. Like, he's got great timing, Jacoby Brissett. I can't see a guy that has never played with any of these players in a game game, hasn't played in two years, to go out there and light it up against the Houston Texans. Now, I know the Texans aren't very good, and other teams have had their way with them, but I just don't see it. I don't see it happening right away. It's just, it's just not the way footballs play. It's just not the way quarterbacks play. It's Timing is too, too important to success in the passing game. And I don't care who it is. I, I think he's going to struggle. And I think the Browns are going to struggle Put them in there right away. In one of the more revealing press conferences Kyle Shanahan has ever had this week, he really got into the process of how he identifies offensive coaches, assistants, quality control coaches, position coaches, how he's asked position coaches to go into quality control because he thinks they're better fit in that situation. It was really revealing. It was interesting to hear about how a coach ponders putting a staff together with so many moving pieces with all the success that they've had. When is the last time you, Brian, have been asked to join a coaching staff, either with what you know and what you put on full display on either NFL Network or online all the time. I mean, you are a film junkie. Have you ever been propositioned to join a coaching staff? I have. So I have coached. I coached in Italy, Damon. Uh, you know, and I coached the offensive and defensive lines for a team in Italy. We have American football over there. Bellissimo. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Bob Benissimo. But it was... Uh, but I, I, I do get... Um, called and i do get uh texted and whatnot uh by certain coaches in this league and they do run things through me ask me to take a look at things i'm not going to say who their names are but it does happen tell me you're dropping a consulting fee on that franchise please nobody has no no i mean it's it's just football talk with guys (laughs) that you know uh may respect the opinion in fact it's interesting that one of the coaches the game was against the 49ers and they, the 49ers had their way with this particular team. And the head coach of the team, it wasn't even him. His his wife was watching my breakdown of what the Mike McDaniel and the 49ers did to this team. And he called me on Monday, and he's like, my, my wife, you know, showed me your video, Baldy, about what you saw. Would you mind, like, when the season's over, coming down and sharing what you saw? Because I don't ever want that to happen again to us. And I thought I knew defense, and they they destroyed us. And our middle linebacker couldn't find the football. So, like, I remember that day, and it was fun going down there and showing what some of the motions and pre-snap things did and what they were looking at and what it was designed to do. And so those kind of things, there's other coaches around the league that, you know, ask me about certain things. So, you know, I'm more than willing to share whatever I have with them. Well, you give good chalk talk, brother. Thank you for sharing with us. As always, safe travels, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yep. My pleasure. All the best, guys. Thanks, Baldy. That's our guy, Brian Baldinger, here on 95.7 The Game. Just knows everyone and everything and every scheme and every tendency and every player in the league. Pay this guy a consulting fee, man. If you're going to take his intellectual property, cut him a Seriously. check. Seriously. I'm seeing NFL, man. You got a couple ducats laying around. Have Joan and payroll just crack them off a little something. Something. Tickets, gear, merchandise, something. Look at it this way. I'm pretty sure he charges us by the call. Why not do that to a football team? Right. They, they actually want real info.
Great stuff from Brian Baldinger. Really, really is. I'll tell you, there are some really interesting games out there, Larry. I mean, obviously, we got three games that feel like they matter to an NFL team's DNA a little bit more than other ones. Obviously, Dolphins and Niners. You know, the Dolphins want to join that nine-win club. The 49ers would like to join that eight-win conversation. The Chiefs at Bengals is a big game. Washington at New York, both are seven and four, and I want to juxtapose that against the game that Baldy's going to be doing, the seven and four Titans against the 10 and one Eagles. And that that turns into a real big game because the seven and four Jets are at the nine and two Vikings. You got a good road record against a very good home team right there. You got Mike White swagger just flowing through the Jets for a locker room right now. So who knows? And if the Vikings win and the Eagles lose, we're gonna have two ten and two teams in the NFC. And there are two teams that I don't think anybody expected to be ten and two. So there is a, you know, as as we are now entering December football, positioning matters. Out of town scoreboard watching matters more in the month of December than any other month in this league. And so there are games that are connected to each other that just. This is a big week in football. It's going to separate some teams from other teams. And if you're a Niner fan, you got to root hard against the Vikings, right? Because uh, the Niners are seven and four. The Vikings are nine and two. The yeah. two seed is definitely there for the 49ers if they can run the table. They, and a, maybe even if they don't have to run the table, but if they do run the table, I think they're probably going to get that two seed. Who peaked too early? Was it either the Vikings? Maybe the Eagles? We'll find out. Maybe they just keep on trucking. Look for a minute there that the Bills might have peaked too early, but they've sort of righted the ship over their last couple weeks, even though they haven't looked as dominant as they did early on in the season. That's still a really good team. we got an awful lot to still get into today. No more guests this afternoon, which means the lines are now open to talk football with you. What's coming up down at Levi's? A monster weekend for the 49ers, and we're going to get breaking it down in terms of just how good and surprisingly good Tua has been um, and how good the Dolphins have been in the red zone and what the Niners need to do to make sure that they're at least better than they were last week in the red zone. All of that's around the corner. Damon and Ratto with Larry and Foray this afternoon. We're brought to you by Fremont Bank Full Service Banking. No compromises. Demon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Welcome on back. Ray not in today. He is at home with his pet cat, Mr. Pickles. Just enjoying a quiet, sleepy afternoon, I hope. Uh, we have Larry Kruger in for Ray this afternoon. We got a uh, wide open show the rest of the way, Larry. And it's good because there are a few things we still need to get into. Some of the nuts and bolts of this 49ers-Dolphins game and just how significant of an offense is coming to face what we all know is one of the most significant defenses in all the NFL. But, you know, I asked Baldy about Deshaun Watson, and I'm not here to relitigate the outrage of Deshaun Watson or anything like that. I think we all know that what the guy did was at the very best creepy as hell and ultimately just guy to guy, like lame as hell. Like what the hell? That's is, your move, dude. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. of of what's the point of being in a, a multi-millionaire, globally famous, in prime physical condition, and you have so little game, you got to import it. 
or it just shows that you're kind of what floats your boat. You're kind of you're kind of a sicko. It's creepy. Yeah, it's, it's creepy. creepy. And it's, it's, creepy. it's not really about you know a good looking young athletic quarterback in the NFL is not having a hard time finding a date. So it's not really about that. It's about. It sounds like it's much more involved. The power dynamics. That. Yeah, and just exactly. Gross. Just exactly. gross. What can I get away with? Uh, I expect he's going to play really well because all he's ever done is play really well. Well, and he's obviously going to have the familiarity of Houston. And, I, it, you know, he, he's... Are they going to boo the hell out of him? I mean, it's it, what, what kind I, of. I don't think there's any doubt. What kind of waiting, uh, greeting awaits Deshaun Watson? Uh, and if I'll, you're cheering him, what does that say about you? Yeah, you what, what, I mean? what are you cheering there? What are you, exactly are you cheering? What if the Browns went out, though, and they finished 10 and 7? What if that happens? How awkward is that going to create a situation for the if NFL they're a playoff media? team? If oh, they're, come on. And, and wild and like, card round. And they're a playoff team specifically because this guy showed up and played dazzling quarterback. You never know. It may be the Niners' ticket to the sixth Lombardi. Because based on what I've seen, the Niners can't beat the Chiefs. And based on what I've seen, I don't know that the Niners can beat Buffalo. But if somebody in the AFC playoffs, Baltimore, Cleveland, Tennessee. You need a Dallas Mavericks taking out the Phoenix Suns here. If somebody, you know, all these teams are viable yeah. and could take down a contender. And you could wind up in Super Bowl Sunday in Glendale taking on a Ravens team that you can handle. Look, to me, that's that's the real shame of the Jaquaski tart drop. Because if you go to the Super Bowl last year as the Niners, I think you win it. I think I you do. win that matchup against Cincinnati. Uh, Bengals took out you know a team that might have beaten you. So it's 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 look uh, you know from a just football standpoint, what happens to the rest of the Brown season from here is going to be very interesting. But man, how you play at the podium matters, Larry. It really does. I don't know if you notice we're going to talk about the World Cup for the second time today, but in a way that has nothing to do with us discussing soccer. But did you see Which this is good because then we don't lose embarrass that. ourselves. Embarrass ourselves or lose the entire audience. Right. Well, look, I mean, did, did, what what could be more honest with people who are diehard soccer fans than me telling you that the reason why I'm not talking about it is because I don't want to insult you as a diehard soccer fan by me clearly hopping on the bandwagon to pretend that I care in the mo- moment that the World Cup is here. You know, <laughs> right, I mean, right. just, just, you know I'm going to be knew, honest Who with knew you. that Damon was a soccer freak? Right. Every, once every four years. This guy, this guy never talks about it, but man, when the World Cup's there, this guy breaking it down like nobody else. Can't do it, won't do it, won't even bother yeah. Right, But man, there was a guy from Team USA who really impressed me this week. They were about to play Iran. And good pronunciation, by the way. Well, that's where I'm going with this. Because at the press conference, you know, he says, Iran. Which, you know, I understand that this is... You don't want to mispronounce a team's name. But to me, the whole Iran, Iran is not curbed in an attempt to be disrespectful or unintellectual. It's the equivalent of how you hear it. Uh, it's the equivalent of how you hear it and how we pronounce, you know, we, I mean, we call it an iPad. You know what I mean? It, it, like we, we pronounce our first vowels as hard vowels and it's not Iran. It's Iran. You know, we pronounce things like that. You know, it's... Uh, it, it's Lionel like, Simmons was the L train. Yeah, well, it's just... it's 
No? I don't think there's any legitimate moment of disrespect for even an Iranian reporter to pick up on and be offended by. But one was. Right. And says, how dare you, you know, mispronounce a country's name. And then followed up with like the most loaded, racially charged question you could ask an American athlete. Whoever the soccer player was that answered this handled it with such grace and such a plum. And, you know, the old phrase, kill him with kindness. You can win. You know, you're going to attract more flies with honey than vinegar. I mean, this guy nailed the answer to be respectful of the reporter, to apologize for the mispronunciation while sort of explaining it away under the guise of it, no disrespect was meant. And then instead of turning around and saying, hey, wait a minute, aren't you from the country that's literally like cutting women's heads off or just showing their hair? Didn't go there. Didn't go there. Said something about, you know, how, well, we're always striving to be better where we are. And, you know, do we have a long way to go? We certainly do. Like, it was... Gracious. It was an answer he could have started an international incident with had he gotten it wrong, but he nailed it. He crushed it. And a podium game sometimes matters. When you are at a podium, you have a choice, basically, as an athlete or a coach. Can you make the bomb tick faster or do you diffuse it? He clearly, clearly diffused it. And that brings us back to Deshaun Watson. Tyler Adams was the name of the soccer player. Thank you very much, Lucas. Fight on, by the way. I know you're five minutes away from totally checking out. <laughs> uh, Deshaun Watson gets in front of Cleveland media. First time he's allowed back in the building. So he is, you know, at the podium and being asked about his return. But of course, every single question is about what the hell caused him to be suspended in the first place. And, and he, he, he took control, right? He basically said, I'm only going football. Football questions only. Football questions only. Like every part of his career since we learned about everything he did, it's handled poorly. Like I'm saying, I'm not saying that you're going to go up there and say the right thing that's going to stop the questions, but you can show some contrition, show some humility. Have your hat in your hand. Whether you believe that you were in the right or wrong, it doesn't even matter. It's what you give the media to work with. Give them something to work with. Do not stonewall. Exactly. You're making it worse on yourself. You're making it worse. There's no way you can explain it away. So you and your agent come up with... You know, the 30-second elevator pitch that you, that you just give and you just say, look, you know, I don't want to continue to focus on this going forward because I'm here to make right what was made wrong. And I, I want to concentrate on football. But boy, do I understand. I put my fans, this franchise, a lot of women, and the NFL at large in an incredibly awkward position. And I feel terrible for that. I really do. I hope that we can move on. I hope you will forgive me. I hope to be a better man going forward. And if he had just said that, we can play some football. Right. You know, like, I mean, that, that's all. Moment you know. diffused. Yeah. Now, people are, the people who are unhappy are still unhappy, but you've addressed it. You've been professional. You didn't dodge. You didn't stonewall. Right. There's going to be you a didn't group. didn't challenge everybody else to go at you at a different angle. There's going to be a group that's never going to forgive you. You don't even need to worry about them if you're Deshaun. Their minds are made up. All you're trying to do is show some decency. In a, in a year where 
the word decent has been attached to your name for anything. Maybe there's some decent quarterback play. But what you have done off the field so diminishes that conversation from ever being like a really good conversation about you, Deshaun, that you just, a little humility goes a long way. Some acknowledgement of the controversy. Maybe um, a little bit of understanding, let, letting letting people know that you understand that you hurt a lot of people along the way, uh, that you disappointed a lot of your fans and teammates and and you know people with within the league. Something own along it in that. some yeah. way. Own your moment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's really it. And there's lots of different ways to do that. You don't have to uh, include new data or any kind of um, you know particulars. I'm surprised that there is no justification. There is no oh, right yeah. thing to say. Right. But you just you and your agent should go over the proper thing to say. And stepping to the podium and your opening statement being on you know we're on to Cincinnati is the wrong way to approach it. Right. I mean, and 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 it's so it's so blatantly insensitive. You know, that's the other thing. It's just uh, there were victims here. You know what I mean? If there were no, if it's a victimless crime, you want to move on. But in a crime that has clear and identified victims, you must identify, you must be, you have to show some basic understanding of the mistake you made and some some overarching contrition, right? right? I mean, it can sound a lot of different ways. Deshaun Watson presented himself today is what I'm doing as a football player is so much more important than your questions, society at large, screw all of you, go home and cry in your pillows. I'm here to play. Just talk football. Like, it's just, it's a bad look. There's nothing about him that's not a bad look. Today would have been that first step away from a bad look, but like every other moment of his career since we learned about the first Houston arranged yerk session, uh, we, 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 there, there are no good moments for Deshaun. And it's going to be impossible to root for him. I mean, How him, lucky are the Niners? They didn't trade for him. Huh. I mean, there I were mean, teams. Yeah. Not just the Niners. Yeah. But they were, I mean, the Browns ultimately did, which makes them look that much worse. But the 49ers, you know, had sincere interest in this player for how he plays the position. Um, imagine if you stepped in that. Had they traded for him? Deal, you know, trade approved. Then all this came out. GM's gone. That would have been their own. Yeah, it, people would have been fired. The outrage in the Bay Area probably would have been enough to 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 quash it. But at the same time, at least you would have said, "Look, we had no idea this was coming. Like we traded for Deshaun Watson. We didn't trade for Deshaun Watson serial rub and tugger. Like we didn't know. We you know we didn't know. We investigated his background. At no point in time were we checking out how he arranged his massages. We just did not know." Ugh. And you, you better know. be honest in that regard. If you did know, the Browns, you better be honest The Browns that knew. Too. The Browns knew every single yeah. detail. They knew. Right. They did it. And then they said, let's guarantee your full contract. We'll structure the deal so it's advantageous to you. And so if the if the penalty comes down, you'll still benefit financially. Yeah, I mean, the Browns look bad every way imaginable on this thing. Least likable team in sports beyond the Brooklyn Nets. Like, that's what they're about to be. Um and let me just quickly welcome everybody to your 5 o'clock hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.